This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello and welcome to Savor, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about gelato. Yes. Um, which pronunciation aside, I'm very excited about. I'm nervous about <laughs> some of the pronunciation that's <laughs> happened. <laughs> but otherwise, I am a big fan of gelato. I haven't had any in a while. But I remember thinking, like being, you know, in high school and thinking it was so fancy and so European. Ooh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I used to have favorite gelato places in France and Belgium when I stayed there. And I just felt like, this is the life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I haven't spent any time in that part of Europe, so I've never had that uh, gelateria experience. But there's a couple like artisanal gelato places here in Atlanta. I'm very fond of them. And uh I'm more likely to buy a gelato or a sorbet than I am to buy straight ice cream if I'm going to go for something like that. Ah, yes, yes. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. That's that's giving me like (laughs) deep thoughts already. (laughs) (laughs) What would I do? Would I take the ice cream? (laughs) I feel like I just caused anxiety. No, no, no. No gelato Related anxiety. It's all night. I mean, this this is a very craving-filled episode. Um, yes. But. Yes, absolutely. I'm determined to get my hands on some gelato soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
Uh, you can see our, our ice episode that we did and our Sunday episode. Unless I'm forgetting, we have yet to do ice cream. We did ice cream trucks. Right, right. But not ice cream, I don't think. I think I keep Milkshakes. looking at ice cream, right, and going like, this is too much. I don't <laughs> want to. I think we have a whole section of topics that are like that where we keep saying, one day we'll do that one. <laughs> yeah, not today. Someday our avocado will come, but that is not this week. That one's been like two years in the making. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's a big topic. It's big, okay. It is. It is. We want to do it justice. We don't want any further avocado injustice to be perpetrated by us. No, not by the Saver team. No. That's our other motto. We haven't used nope. it yet, but <laughs> that one. <laughs> lesser uh, known. <laughs> yes, well, lesser known. But okay, today we are talking about gelato. Mm-hmm. Yes, so I suppose we should get to our question. I suppose. Gelato. What is it? Well, uh, gelato is a type of soft, spoonable, frozen dessert. It's made with milk and or cream, sometimes eggs, definitely sugar, and often various flavorings. Usually it's sweet, as sugar is an important ingredient for texture of the final product, um, but it can be made on the savory side. Generally speaking, gelato is lighter in mouthfeel than American-style ice creams because it's, right, often made with milk instead of cream, or at least with more milk than cream, and with fewer egg yolks or perhaps no egg yolks, so it doesn't coat your tongue as much. And this can differ with regional gelato specialties. It originated in Italy, and the recipes that come out of the cool and dairy-heavy northern Italy tend to be richer weird. Uh, Whereas warm climate, southern Italian recipes tend to be a little bit lighter. But just as a reference, U.S. food laws put the dairy fat content of ice cream at a minimum of 10%, whereas Italian laws put gelato at a minimum of 3.5%, though both typically incorporate about twice that amount. That's just a bare minimum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. However, uh, gelato often incorporates less air, into the mix. So it's simultaneously denser and uh, uh, silkier than ice cream. A key component of ice cream is is fine air bubbles that are churned in to, to increase the volume of the dessert and to give it that nice, light, almost fluffy, and kind of sturdy texture, uh, despite all that heavy cream. In the industry, the amount of volume increase due to air incorporation is called overrun. 20 to 40% is considered low, 40 to 80% is medium, and up to 100%. You can have up to 100%. That, that's the Whoa. high category. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can double the volume of your ice cream by churning. Most ice creams are, are in that mid-range, somewhere around 50%. Gelato, by contrast, is in the low to very low range, sometimes even below 20%. So, Dang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the flavorings involved can be minimal, um, uh, just custard called crema or sweet cream called uh, fior de latte, which is a flower of milk, which ah. is it's real pretty. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but that it, it can be anything you can imagine. Classics include vanilla, fine ground uh, nuts or nut butters like almond or pistachio or hazelnut uh, Good old chocolate uh, and or chocolate nut combos, sort of like Nutella. 
coffee or espresso, blended or juiced fruit like a quince or orange or berries or figs, candies like nougat or chocolate flakes. Um, but yeah, anything goes. And in researching this one, I just saw any number of completely wild flavors. I mean, you know, you've got your your herbs and spices like saffron or sage or chilies or cardamom or juniper or peppercorns. You've got your florals like violet or rose. Uh, various cheeses, you can get some mascarpone in there or ricotta or cheddar. Dessert flavors like uh, like malted or cheesecake. You know, all the other fruits and vegetables, avocado or cucumber or beet or rhubarb, boozes like rum or whiskey or wine or sambuca. You can put in some crunchy praline in there or pastry crumbles or swirls of caramel or jam. There have been any number of savory flavors made like wasabi, oyster, horseradish, salmon, bacon, haggis. Haggis. Oh, no, not that poor creature. Um <laughs> Well, <laughs> speaking of strange flavors, um, Viagra gelato? Okay, Annie, I... <laughs> I'm not positive that I've ever so resented <laughs> you you putting in uh, just a simple key phrase with a question mark and then a link because I, I like read like Viagra gelato and then... Uh-oh. And then I had to look into it, and I was like, well, what a world we live in. Um, uh, as Ben Bolin would say, what a time to be alive. <laughs> um, so, so I got to the bottom of the Viagra gelato. Oh, excellent. Please kind tell. of. 50-50. <laughs> there have been, over the years, a, a number of posts around the internet that feature photographs of this bright blue gelato in a serving case, and the label is just Viagra. And where the other labels in the in the in the case have like, if it's like coconut, it'll have like a halved coconut, like you're about to make horse clippy cloppy noises with it. Or, you know, like, yeah, like if it's if it's chocolate, there's some like cute little curls of chocolate. And this one, right. <laughs> this one just has a big blue Viagra pill oh. <laughs> on <laughs> in the picture. And so, um, <laughs> I'm riveted. <laughs> I, you know, so is the rest of the internet. And and I, I couldn't get to the bottom of what exactly the flavor is because most people who have posted photographs of it were like, look at how, like, like look at this weird thing I found. I did not order that flavor. <laughs> right. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> um, I, this this might be conjecture, but I've seen it listed as everything from like a cotton candy flavor to like an anise licorice kind of flavor. One article claims that it contains aphrodisiac herbs, but I cannot substantiate that, and I don't think it's true. It appears to be, or perhaps have been, um, a recurring flavor uh, starting in the 20 teens at this one uh, gelateria slash pizzeria called uh, Mariotti in Rome. Well, uh, I apologize and I'm thrilled that I sent you down that rabbit hole. Um, any listeners who can shed some light, you know how to contact us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please, please do. And, and I will say that something that comes up frequently when this is mentioned is that one time, I believe sometime before 
what was it, 2013? Oh, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Anyway, uh, uh, there was at least one time that some dude asked an ice cream maker in the UK if they could put his Viagra into an ice cream. Ah, so very specific case. Yes. So there has been a Viagra ice cream, but it was a specialty one-off. Like, he used the dude's prescription medication to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Take at your own risk. Yes. Not a medical podcast. Not a... <laughs> no, not us. <laughs> also, most ice cream makers, not medical ice cream makers. So, No, know. I do not believe so. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. <laughs> gelato. Let's see what transition this is. <laughs> right? Yet, yeah, no. We're avoiding transitions here. I- I'm just going to just going to continue Okay. And say that yes, the uh, uh regarding all of these flavoring elements, the, the the ratio of milk to cream to eggs, uh you know, whatever you're using to sugar to other ingredients is really important in getting the right texture in gelato and and texture is a very important aspect of gelato. Um and sugars in particular are sort of antifreeze in watery solutions because they prevent the formation of ice crystals, which is what you want to a point in something with with that fine, smooth texture like gelato. You don't want to be chunky with ice, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So typically the way that it's made is that you will beat together your eggs and sugar if you're using those eggs, then add your flavorings and milk, probably cook it down a bit, perhaps let any flavorings that are in there steep in the liquid overnight And then remove any of the stuff that's steeping that you don't want in the final mix. And then freeze the liquid using um, a gelato machine to churn it slowly and gently. Um, And these traditionally have a paddle that moves vertically up and down while the drum rotates. As opposed to if you have an ice cream machine at home, chances are that it has – that it'll A, spin faster and B, have like horizontally situated um, rotary blades or paddles that introduce more air into the mix there. Mm -hmm. Gelato derives from the word for frozen, but it's often served slightly warmer than ice cream. So it's a little bit softer and a little bit more flavorful because it doesn't like numb your tongue. Uh, So the result is is dense and thick and silky and and pretty intensely flavored. Also, y'all, let your ice cream soften a little before serving for the best flavor. Don't don't eat it straight out of the carton unless that's what you're up to and, and I support you. Unless it's a sad breakup situation and that's the only way to go. Oh, oh, well, sure, sure. <laughs> but you got to admit that the best part of, of eating ice cream straight out of the carton is the part that's kind of melty or along the edges. It's been warmed yeah. by, your, by your hands. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You Let are it, correct. I'm, <laughs> again, Lauren. <laughs> Look, I know all about sad ice cream eating. <laughs> I could tell you had some strong feelings when you brought this up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't pretend to be an expert in a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, eating ice cream is a happy thing. It doesn't have to be sad. You can be in a great mood, and it can be only improved by eating ice cream straight from the carton. Anyway, um, uh, you... <laughs> You can, you can make gelato yourself. Um, you know, you don't even need a machine. Uh, you you just need like enough of a custard recipe to fill a very well sealed jar, and like an empty coffee can or perhaps Tupperware that will fit the jar with room to pack it in with ice, and then you just agitate that for twenty to thirty minutes, and then it's gelato. 
That's really all you need. You just, like, agitate it. You, like, kick it around. Uh. Um, you know, you tell it that it really could have had a better writing career if, uh, mm. if it had gotten some experience first. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, either shake it like uh, perhaps like you would butter or um, the recipe I was reading was like, was like, let your kids roll it around on the floor. Yeah. Done. <laughs> I guess that's key with the well, the well sealed jar part as well. <laughs> yes, yes. The recipe recommended uh, duct tape. Ah, um, yeah. Uh, oh gosh, and that was that was an article on the AJC about a local gelato chef whose name I'm forgetting. So apologies to that lovely human person. Of course, as with. Ice cream, you know, you can go from that very simple recipe all the way up to any number of industrial shortcuts to to make gelato more cheaply and quickly by using more modern and processed ingredients or prepackaged mixes. Um, it will result in a little bit of a different texture and flavor. Um, this is sometimes called semi-finished gelato, or or the ingredients are called semi-finished products. But it's not all negative. Uh, some Southern uh, Sicilian gelatos more traditionally include some kind of starch as a thickener and stabilizer to make up for the the, the textural properties that you lose when you use those uh, less rich ingredients. And, and other recipes might include uh, conventional ingredients like honey as a thickener and stabilizer to help prevent the development of large ice crystals and, and better emulsify the oils and water. I mean, you can you can make vegan gelato. It's the incredible future. Nothing is stopping you. <laughs> Nothing is stopping you. We we have faith in you, listeners. Yeah, we believe in you. <laughs> we do. <laughs> yes, we do. Gelato can be served in cups or in edible cones. And in Italy and other places where it's popular, it's a pretty common street food um, served in little disposable cups or those cones that you can walk around with from shops called gelaterias um, or from street carts. You can also pour um, espresso or coffee or liquor over it to make an affogato, which comes from the word drowned, which I didn't know. That makes affogato so much more metal than I was aware of. (laughs) It is very metal, right? When you're pouring your (laughs) coffee over your gelato and you're like, oh, it's so tough. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, or yeah, you can, you can use it to make any kind of like frozen dessert concoction that you like sandwiched in cookies or, or as a layer in cold cakes. Um, apparently a regional Sicilian delicacy involves serving gelato in a split brioche bun. Sometimes with like, with like whipped cream. And that sounds so good. And I want to eat it right now. (laughs) That, Yes. I agree with you. <laughs> Why can't we have that this very second? Immediately. Uh, all right. Well, what about the nutrition? You know, it depends on how you make it. Uh, but generally speaking, it's a treat. Treats are nice. Treats are nice. Yeah. And uh, people like them. Uh, we do have some numbers for you. Mm-hmm. From 2009 to 2014, sales of gelato jumped from $11 million to $214 million. Talenti, the gelato company, came in third place in terms of sales in premium ice cream in 2014 in the U.S. Behind, like, Ben & Jerry's and Haagen-Dazs, I think. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all of those numbers are from the United States, right? Yes. But Italy, 
uh, is serious about their gelato, which many in that country view as one of the food symbols of Italy. Italy has the most gelato shops in the world with about 37,000, and it has the most artisanal gelato makers. Germany is second and has about 8,000 shops. So that's a huge difference. Oh, yeah. Yes. And this has been on my mind because recently Italian lawmakers floated a law that would ban pumping gelato with air to make it fluffier. And gelato makers who lean too heavily on artificial flavors, dyes, and hydrogenated fats would also be punished. Under this law, the only ingredients allowed would be eggs, fresh fruit, and, quote, milk and its derivatives. And gelato could only have 30% air. Any violators could be fined up to $12,030 or 10,000 euros, Reports out of Italy suggest that artisanal gelato is made up of about 20 to 30% air achieved by slow mixing. This compared to industrial gelato that relies on compressed air, resulting in a product that can be up to 80% air. So I I did see a lot of headlines in the news that, of course, were like, Italy's trying to ban bad gelato or (laughs) what have you, things like that. (laughs) Oh, um, yeah, they're real protective about it. I mean, you know, being that, right, it is considered one of the kind of symbols of the of the culture. Um, there, There is a corporate gelato machine maker that created a gelato university, and it takes some 4,000 students a year at campuses around the world, like I think over 20 locations. I'd be so excited if I heard a friend was going to gelato university. Right? <laughs> oh. Yes, and there is a Gelato World Cup. It's an international competition that has taken place every few years since 2003. Uh, Their website's pretty cool. Uh, Yeah, people get into the gelato. It's got kind of an Iron Chef secret ingredient competition, if I'm remembering correctly. So, Mm -hmm. intense stuff. Yeah, yes. And we do have some, I'm not going to say intense, but some pretty good history for you. Something gets a little intense, but yes. Um, And we will get into all this history intense or otherwise after a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So... The history of cool iced desserts goes way back, at least 12,000 years ago when enslaved peoples in Mesopotamia would travel great distances, sometimes 100 kilometers or more, about 62 miles, to retrieve snow and ice to chill drinks at royal banquets and religious ceremonies. We talked about that in our episode on ice. Some evidence suggests that people in Asia were consuming flavored ice desserts by at least 3000 BCE. In ancient Egypt and Rome, rulers enjoyed ice flavored with fruit juice. And Italy has a long history of using snow and ice from the Alps to make sweets from items mm-hmm. like eggs, milk, cream, sugar, and flavorings, and also of freezing up crushed fruit. So you can already see the seeds of gelato. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jumping ahead to the 11th century, the Arabs invented a sugar syrup that was used to sweeten things like fruit sorbets, but also in medicines, and yes, ice or snow. This made way for the creation of things like sorbet, which became really popular in Italy while it was under Arab rule. According to some sources, up to 400 types of flowers were used as a flavoring for these early sorbets, which blew my ah. mind because I couldn't list. Well, I don't think I could even <laughs> list. I mean, 15 <laughs> might be a stretch. <laughs> hmm. Yes, but that's hmm. not my area of expertise. So That's fair. That's fair. Yes. Um, The person who often gets credited with inventing the modern take on gelato is Cosimo Ruggeri. During the late 1500s, he allegedly whipped up the first gelato flavor, um, Fior de Latte, uh, which was this creamy, sweet, frozen concoction that he made for the court of the Medici family and the visiting king of Spain. That uh, This was all taking place in Florence, Italy. A few years previously, the Medici family may have introduced something similar to France when Caterina de' Medici requested that this frozen sorbet-like dessert be served at her wedding to the future king of France in 1533. So it gets kind of messy because every episode we say this, but the people have all these <laughs> stories that I think have been built up uh, yeah. of like the exciting origin story, and uh, it gets told and reported on in sources in uh, in that country specifically. And yeah, so, and especially, yeah, like, a, like it's complicated when you're talking about an origin story that originated in a language that we both speak. Right. <laughs> in the United States, like a century ago, it gets w- way more complicated when it's yes. right. Like when the stories are in Italian and it's from the 1500s. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Oh, and speaking of... Uh, here's some fun times with pronunciation. (laughs) I did this to myself. Um, (laughs) So there are several other names that come up in Gelato's story, too, that 
don't have much expounding beyond, oh, they did this one thing. So grain mm-hmm. of salt with that. Uh, there's Bernardo Butalinti, who was an architect and is said to have invented egg cream gelato. Francesco Redi and Lorenzo Magalati for popularizing this invention. It wasn't until the opening of Café Le Procup in Paris in 1686 or 1694. I saw, I saw mm-hmm. both of those dates. By famous Sicilian restaurateur Francesco Procopio de Cotelli, um, that gelato was available outside of private homes. Due to the high price of ice, prior to this, gelato had been a food for the wealthy mainly. This cafe really helped catapult gelato's popularity. They served their gelato in porcelain cups, which feels very fancy. De Coltelli sometimes gets credit for inventing the gelato machine, but I couldn't confirm that anywhere else. But Hmm. hey, Uh, This cafe is still running and is often called the longest continually operating restaurant in Paris. Huh. Yeah. I wonder if I went there when I was in Paris. I probably did. I was really into gelato. (laughs) It seems like something that would come up when you're searching, like, gelato Paris. Like, oldest gelato. You're like, I'm there. (laughs) How quickly can I get there? A doctor named Filippo Baldini wrote a paper on how he believed that sorbet and gelato were good for your mind and your body in the 19th century. Agreed. Uh, (laughs) Several recipes for flavored sorbets started popping up around this time, like strawberry, raspberry, and coffee, for example. Also in the mid-1800s, gelato started becoming popular as a street food in the the warm, low-lying cities surrounding the Italian Alps. The trend possibly started when folks from mountain areas, and perhaps particularly from an area called Zoldo, began traveling down into Venice and cities in Austria and Germany to sell these cold desserts out of carts during the warm months. Then in the early 1900s, Italian immigration to the United States brought some gelato recipes along with the immigrants, including um, what would become rum raisin here, which was very popular during Prohibition. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I can see. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> mm-hmm. I went on several mini rabbit holes that I had to cut off quickly of like, what is the history of tra- Stratagella or like every flavor? I'm like, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's interesting. <laughs> uh, with improving technology, the 20th century is when we get innovations like the cone, which another episode I got really excited by that oh, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Um, (laughs) And the automatic ice cream machine, which was invented in the U.S. in 1904 by Emery Thompson and the motorized batch freezer. Bruto Carpegiani improved the gelato machine in Bologna, Italy in the 1940s, making it quicker, more efficient, and cleaner. To this day, Carpegiani is the biggest producer of gelato-making machines. This allowed gelato makers to flourish and really experiment with those flavors and toppings. Street vendors in Rome started selling gelato in a cup or cone, pushing their mobile gelato carts through the streets in the 1920s. Around this time was right, also when um, artificial ice became much more of a thing that was that was widely commercially available. And so a consumer could perhaps bring some home and not eat it immediately. Although by all accounts, you are supposed to eat it pretty much immediately. I agree with that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Then, in 1979, Italy's International Dessert and Coffee Trade Show, acronym SIGEP, S-I-G-E-P, 
Sure, that. That's when they started up. Um, Gelato is one of its main pillars alongside pastry, chocolate, coffee, and baked goods. And this this trade show is still going. It has been online the past couple of years due to COVID-19. Uh, their theme for their uh, summer observatory of 2021 is that artisan gelato is a spa for the palate. A spa for the palate. Yeah, yeah, I, they're... It's all kind of takes on like on like a uh, on like nutritionally sound gelatos. <laughs> oh, that's different. I thought it was just kind of like ad copy you'd read on the back of a gelato where you're like, I'm not sure what that means, but it sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's talking about more like a more like like whole fruits with like nutritive properties and mm. stuff like that. I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's it seems great. It seems great. Um. When a McDonald's opened near Rome's Spanish Steps in the 1980s, a man named Carlo Petrini created the Slow Food Organization to focus on local recipes and ingredients, traditional cooking methods, things like that. And out of that came a group of gelato makers determined to use local, fresh, seasonal ingredients, I assume the spa for the palate thing, uh, and (laughs) traditional methods while avoiding the use of artificial colors, dyes, and stabilizers to make what they dubbed gelato artigianale naturale, which is still kind of that thing we were talking about with the law proposed earlier. Like, you can see that ongoing. Uh, 2003 is when that gelato machine maker, Carpigiani, opened its first gelato university, in Italy, uh, it is, yes, since opened, um, 20 satellite campuses around the world. And in 2012, a gelato museum opened outside of Bologna at Carpegiani's headquarters. And let me just say, a lot, I've learned a lot about some interesting food museums in the past few weeks, and I'm excited to continue to share them. <laughs> but, Ooh. yes. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> In 2013, a number of Italian food production and research groups came together to form this very specific research and development center called the Center on Handcrafted Gelato, acronym uh, CRIGA, CRIGA, CRIGA in Italian, C-R-I-G-A. Yeah, um, they've been researching just a number of chemical, physical, biological, and technological aspects of gelato and gelato making, such as how incorporating alternative sweeteners, both non-sugar and uh, less usual formulations of sugar, can change your final product, how the use of alternative fats like uh, sunflower oil can affect things, Um, the use of various emulsifiers like pea protein and rice protein, all sorts of stuff. And uh, Carpigiani is also working that technical angle. Um, As of 2018, they started showing off at the aforementioned uh, trade show, a machine like a like a smart gelato machine that can monitor the development of ice crystals in gelato liquid and adjust its settings to let you achieve a good consistency, even with like really strange mixes of ingredients, like like very low sugar content. So, wow, yeah, I love all this serious innovation in the gelato space, <laughs> right? Yes. Right. Gelato of the future. And one day in our future, Lauren, I hope that we can get some happy gelato. Not the sad kind of gelato. Not not the sad gelato. No, let's get the ha- let's get the happy gelato. Let's do it. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, I guess that's what we have to say about gelato for now. It is, it is. We do have some listener mail for you. We do, but first we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Mm. 
This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Listener. Listener. a spa cool refreshing vibe and then that was spinning oh the okay, okay. motion was spinning <laughs> okay yeah 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 and then the scoop the scoop and at the, the scoop end, at the end. <laughs> yeah yeah it's very rare that one of my uh listener mail jingles actually does make me hungry for the but i was really sad at the end there was no <laughs> there was no actual gelato up. that you were scooping yeah yeah, yeah i was, was sad as well i mean <laughs> I mean, also, we're over the internet right now, so even if you did have gelato that you were scooping right now, I would still be a little bit sad, but... It's true. Uh, and that's the sad gelato we're trying to avoid. That... <laughs> <laughs> the imaginary type, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, Manon or Manon wrote, I hope I am getting that close to correct, um, hey from Oconee County, South Carolina, once again, just listened to the ep on muscadines and want to share some of my family's linguistics. My great aunt always called muscadines fox grapes. I'm not sure if this was common in this area or all over. When she made homemade wine, she called it foxy. <laughs> <laughs> Legend has it some foxy even made it into communion at the Methodist church my family attends. <laughs> Around here, <laughs> grape juice is the norm. Also, most people pronounce the A as more of an I-E sound, like musky dines. So when I was huh. little, I called them monkey dines. <laughs> <laughs> the description y'all said of summer bombs seemed extremely apt. 
Ah, maybe this is your sleeper cell area, Lauren. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, this is a know. conversation had off 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 podcast, but Lauren's got a strange pronunciation, like how I pronounce Basil. We're trying to figure out where where it well, comes except, from. Except Basil is a word that I, th- that's how some people pronounce basil. Yes. Um, I kept saying gelato. <laughs> yes. And we can't and I'm figure not out what sure accent. Where anyone would possibly say gelato. <laughs> if you know, listeners, <laughs> right oh, in. Oh, geez. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I love I love foxy. I I, I think yeah. I have heard fox grapes because it's like foxes eat them or something. I've heard I think I've heard this before, but foxy hmm. is a fantastic name. For some homemade wine. <laughs> yes. I feel like it's descriptive of the wine and also what you might be like after yes. you've consumed some of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Nicole wrote, I'd like to suggest mulberries and pawpaws as topics. I grew up with a mulberry tree that didn't produce a lot of fruit, but I moved to my own house this year and was delighted to find a very healthy and productive mulberry tree of my own. I'm gathering and freezing enough berries to try my hand at jam. A local forager also posted on Instagram that you can use mulberry leaves as a matcha substitute. That same forager also mentioned pawpaws recently, which were something I knew about in name only, but would have guessed that they were more tropical. I've been taking more notice of native plants, especially because someone decided it was a good idea to plant honeysuckle in Ohio, and I've quickly learned to hate it with a burning passion. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Invasive honeysuckle. Oh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I love honeysuckle, but yeah, it wasn't in my yard. It was if I went for a walk down the street, I could find some, and I thought it was the coolest thing that there's just flower and you could like suck at the end and get a sweet taste. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, same. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, mulberries. I uh, the last house that I was in, I rent. Um, the last house I was in had a number of mulberry trees in the yard. And I think I still have, like, a freezer bag full of mulberries that I've been meaning to do something with. They were so good. Like, I just loved, like, like I would just, I spent a lot of last summer kind of, like, walking around the backyard of this place because I couldn't go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And just, like, picking mulberries. And, like, people would come over and I would just be, like, you know, like, standing, like, 10 feet away from them and being, like, do you want some yard berries? Like, what's going on? <laughs> yard berries. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I always thought mulberries were made up. I thought it was like a what? Yeah, I thought they were like a fantastical, like they like were a, in like British fairy tales. Thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like so, snozberries. Yeah. Yeah. This is news to me. <laughs> no, they grow here. They're right. They're right here in Georgia. Wow. It's too bad I didn't get to sample any of your yard berries. Maybe if you find some. <laughs> Let me know. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Thanks to both of those listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, we would love to hear from you. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard, with a special thank you today to Max Williams. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way.
This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.